the Culture Chat, hosted by WorkXO. Our mission is to upgrade work. Find out more about our Workplace Genome Project at WorkXO.com. And now, over to our host for today. Hello, everybody. This is Charlie Judy, founder and CEO of WorkXO. Welcome to another edition of the Culture Chat, the, the hashtag Culture Chat podcast. Really glad to be with you here today. This is a unique um, and almost an inaugural podcast edition because it's the first time I'm doing it without my partner uh, and good friend, Jamie Notter. Um, Jamie Notter, uh, who remains a, a partner and interested party in WorkXO and all that we're doing around culture, is now focused really resolutely on what we're calling WorkXO Solutions, uh, which is kind of more the consultative arm of our business and um, please look him up and learn more about what what he and, and Maddie Grant are doing. Uh, we are still complimenting each other's businesses and very excited to still be in this space. But you will not hear his voice and my guess is that I am going to find very quickly that it is much harder to do this on my own than it is to do with uh, Jamie at my side, so bear with me. Uh, this is a good one though and really glad to have a long time um, friend and kind of mentor. I don't know that he knows that, but have always uh, thought very highly of, of him and what he does. Jason Seiden, who is really hard to describe in a sentence or a word or two. Um, he, he has such a, a diverse and, and progressively challenging and exciting career and all of that by design, by the way. He's been very thoughtful about it. Um, you know, I'm going to let him describe himself, but this is the best way for me to put this. If if you if you think about kind of the uh, the old school dances when you had a dance card and, and and it was your responsibility to get as many names on that dance card as you could, uh, so that you could demonstrate your social um, wherewithal and your your uh, generosity and grace and all of those things. Jason has kind of thought of his career as a dance card and he has looked to get as many uh, different experiences diverse experiences exciting experiences on that dance card and his dance card is full let me just tell you that so I want him to tell you a little bit more about that and where he is today and then we will as we always do launch in with one big question about culture and, and get Jason's great insights on that so with that Jason welcome to the podcast glad you're here Thank you, Charlie. And with intros like that, I don't think you have to worry about uh, flying solo. You're going to do <laughs> thanks, man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and just the, you know, the, well, first of all, thank you for all the nice things that you just said. That's uh, no, I, I did not know, and it's it's nice to be thought of that way. Uh, it's also interesting to hear uh, other people's takes on my career. I've, I've definitely amassed some different experiences, but always with always with some clear themes. Um, mm -hmm. I think we live in some really interesting times. And, uh, you know, if you think about the last 20 years, we've seen some huge shifts uh, with the available technologies and the economic conditions. So, uh, you know, I've always tried to put myself in a place where I can shepherd organizations and people through to that next huge, uh, through that next huge change as effectively as possible. And, um, you know, it's it, it's always centered around people. It's always centered around communications, and it's always centered around amplifying uh, one's voice using technology. 
you know, in a, in a way that still aligns with the company, uh, but also provides uh, the space and flexibility to be an individual. Yeah, it's great. And you've touched talent broadly. You've touched recruiting. You've touched um, technology through all of that uh, adoption. You've been an entrepreneur. Um, I, I don't think it's private anymore that you just sold your your venture and are on to other things. You want to just say a, a moment or two about that? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, and and you just you put your finger right on it. Uh, so. Where we're 2017, so about seven years ago, LinkedIn knocked on my door and asked me to be their first LinkedIn certified training partner in North America uh, because I was really good at driving adoption of their platform. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, so you know they would they were actually hiring me to go to their conferences and teach their own consultants how to do this, and uh, so that uh, you can imagine the kinds of clients that that. Uh, that I was asked to serve. And I took out a co-founder, uh, Lisa Cervanka, who's wonderful. And uh, uh, she and I built Brand Amper, which let us scale uh, the technology that we used uh, to um, basically to get people comfortable telling their story on LinkedIn. Uh, and when we did that, a funny thing happened. We, we collected uh, structured data from, you know, scores or hundreds or thousands of people at, at organizations. So we were able to analyze the data to go back to these companies and tell them something about their employer brands. And, you know, here's why people are working here. If you want more people like them to come work here, here might be the themes <laughs> that mm -hmm. you want to hit on in your recruitment marketing. Uh, and uh, yes, we, we sold our company to the Muse. Lisa is uh, currently working at the Muse and I've taken some of the best practices that, um, that I've picked up over these last seven years, getting people to, use social media for their own professional uh, purposes and for company purposes. And I'm working with organizations to, and, you know, both on the vendor side and on the, the buy side uh, to maximize user adoption. So, uh, you know, for vendors, it helps them reduce churn and uh, protects renewals. And for uh, the buyers, it's, uh, it's about making sure they get the ROI from their tech investments and improving their employee experiences along the way. That's awesome. So um, if, if you don't follow Jason already, please do that. We'll, we'll, we'll make sure we give it a little bit of time at the end of this uh, podcast to give you some information on how best to connect with him. Um, he, he always has an interesting um, story to tell and, and, and will be up to exciting stuff going forward. And, and he mentioned the Muse. If you're not yet familiar with the Muse, please acquaint yourself with that organization. They are up to big things and doing good things for, um, uh, let's just call it broadly, the, the world of work. So uh, more on that to come. So l let's kick this off with um, just kind of the one big question and, and see where this conversation goes. Um, you know, you've already alluded a little bit to transformation and adoption and I, certainly we well know um, in, in our research and, and our experience working with clients uh, in the culture space and on our culture platform that if you don't have the right, you know, the, 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 the right uh, inner workings and support mechanisms and foundations in place, much of which can be about culture, forget about any broad scale transformation in any sort of successful way yeah, because there will be obstacles and there will be, there will be um, uh, frustrations and, and there will be 
um, missed opportunity and sub-optimization and all of those things. And we won't talk a lot about necessarily the platform and how that may help with it. But I've really given your perspective, I think the audience would love to hear more, Jason, about as you think about broad scale transformation, what are some of those those must-haves, you know, the, the, whether they be cultural or behavioral or, or action-based or, or whatever, that organizations really need to make sure they get through those broad-scale transformations with success? You're not kidding. When you say one big question, you mean one big question. That's a monster, dude. I mean, it was almost a run-on sentence. Oh, it's, I love it. It's my kind of question. Just big and meaty and let's dive Juicy. in. Juicy. Yeah. Right? So there, there's so many ways, there's so many ways you can take that. And I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that runs through my head. And I imagine, imagine me listening uh, as a listener to this, wondering, oh, is he going to talk about leadership or is he going to talk about infrastructure? Is he, and, you know, and I think there's, there's conversations to be had about all of this stuff. But I think at the, at the core, uh, a successful transformation requires humanity. It absolutely requires a sense of humanity. And, and now that's going to, that's going to become a lot of very concrete things that people have to do, but you know, at the basis, change is hard. It makes people very uncomfortable uh, for a lot of reasons, right? You, you know, for one, you, you just don't know what to expect. There's ambiguity about what tomorrow is going to bring. Uh, number two, you have a way of working that you're good at. And now you might have to have a way of working that you're not good at. And that's hard enough, but it's super hard when you have to do that in front of other people. Mm -hmm. If you're a manager or an executive and you, do you really want to be worse at technology than the people working for you? Like, how do you reconcile your, your authority with the fact that you're asking your junior folks for help? It, it kind of messes things up. So this sense of humanity, I think, is, is really, really important because no matter what your role is, no matter what you're actually doing, uh, you as a human being are experiencing the same kinds of stresses around change that everybody else in that company is experiencing. And the, the minute we forget that, uh, things just start to get more difficult than they need to be. How, 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 do, how do you get an organization to, to, to stay focused on, maybe even just to recognize the importance of having that sense of humanity? So we, so we talked about, at Brand Amber, we would talk about this, this concept of bold transparency. Uh, and it was so important. You know, we used it within the context of uh, driving user adoption of, of technology, and, you know, which, is a, which is a subset of change management. But, you know, you mentioned before I have a career that has spanned different areas. Like I've, I've done, you, know, you and I know each other back from the days that we were both doing culture work, and I've spent time assessing leaders and and this notion of bold transparency is, um, it's actually far bigger than, you know, the user adoption uh, stuff that, that we use it for. It, we love it because it helps us make sure that what we're doing and now what I'm doing on a technology side fits into this bigger, this bigger puzzle piece uh, of uh, right, this, this bigger puzzle of, of transformation. You know, let's, let's kind of, let's take a few examples, right? The, uh, you've got leadership. Leaders are going to stand up there and they're saying, you know, we're, we're, we're going to transform. We have to be a different kind of business or we're acquiring this other organization. We're going to be putting these two things together. Instantly, there's all kinds of questions. And when leadership isn't willing to acknowledge the truth, 
you know, and the truth is not always going to be pretty when they're not willing to go, look, this is what's happening. These are the things we are clear on. These are the things we're not clear on yet, but we've got a year, right? Or whatever the time, right? But this is how we're going to get clarity. If they're not willing to say, this is what we know, this is what we don't know, and here's what we need you to do so we can fill in the blanks. What happens is human nature takes over and people go fill in their own blanks. And mm-hmm. now, you have, now you have a mess, right? Because now you have, you've got all this communication, surface tension that blocks real communication. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if, uh, I'll give a, a quick example, if you, if you don't mind. Uh, Please. I got, so I got called into a company and I, I talked to a senior executive at a, uh, I can't tell you which company it is, but I can tell you they are huge and there's nobody here that would not know who they are. And, and I, I was talking with an executive in charge of transformation. And, uh, and he said, we have, uh, uh, we have a, we've got a problem. We've got this um, glass door problem. Mm. Uh, how do we the dreaded we, glass door problem dun, dun, dun. Yeah. right and how do we solve it and, and we looked together at their glass door data and w- what's interesting now is what used to be an internal problem is now like exposed to the we can all see it like, we all go on and, like read the reviews and mm. uh, when when we read the reviews you could actually see that you had all of these pockets of the organization that were loyal just within their pocket. They were loyal to like some level of leadership. It could be a VP, it could be an SVP, but there was nothing that you, there was nothing that tied these groups together. So culturally, this company was starting to look like a pepperoni pizza with mm-hmm. these little pockets of sub organizations that all have their own storyline that they were mm-hmm. following. Mm-hmm. There was no so leadership. You know, and when I tested that, leaders were they were opaque. Like leader, the leadership team didn't know the direction yet, so they were not communicating out. So what was happening is like all these mid-level managers were taking over and just providing their own answers to the question because their their team needed answers. And that crosstalk was now had now set up all of these subcultures that the company had to somehow figure out how to bring together. So, mm. right. And by the way it's not so easy because the subcultures formed specifically because leadership wasn't doing its job. Right. So, you know, so there's, there's an inherent distrust. So that was, that was one area where, you know, we were encouraging bold transparency to be like, look, this is what happened in the past. Here's how we screwed it up. This is what we need moving forward. So I love, I mean, I love this concept of bold transparency. It's a, it's a great term and it, and it evokes a whole lot of, you know, um, you know, thinking and, and even context on, 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 on my end, particularly when I think about, Culture. I like I like the pepperoni pizza analogy as well. I mean, um, you know, we talk all the time at WorkXO about the fact that it's it's it is um, it's unreasonable to think that your organization does not have subcultures within it, and 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 sometimes those subcultures are really crucial because because what works for one part of your organization isn't always what works for every part of your organization. Mm-hmm. The, the trick is to find the balance, right? And I'm going to blow this analogy completely out of the water, but it's like, it's the cheese on that pepperoni pizza, right? Like you, you can, <laughs> you can still, you can still have those pockets of subcultures it, it, as long as there's something that binds it, right. And keeps it together. And, and gooey goodness would and, be, and, <laughs> There's nothing better than gooey goodness for that. But a lot of times we look to leadership to be that cheese, right? To be that, to be that bind. Um, the big cheese, if you will. But, oh uh, yeah. man, you, 
Wow. So, all right, now we can just put that. <laughs> just park that one for now because there's nothing more to do with it. So if it is it is really hard, but it, it but I, I completely agree. And that so that's something that we see uh, that we saw uh, in this, right within the user adoption of, of all the brand amper stuff that that we did. And you know, and Charlie, this is one of the big things that I'm taking forward is I just I've seen it work time and time again. Instead of waiting to find that one idea that's going to be universally applicable across an organization, whether it's you know adopting a new technology or transforming to a new process like it what works a lot better is uh a lot of small hypotheses you know mm. a lot of iterations mm. uh, and you know i mean like i mean think about the, the cheese analogy actually does work really good it is not one monolithic piece of cheese on top of a pizza it is it's a, a whole bunch of, of it yeah yeah so you know you do have these subcultures and when i would just see time and time again you know, the engineers would come into a, a tool for very different reasons than a marketing team or a sales team, different expectations, different savvy levels, different means that, and so we would say, hey, we have a hypothesis around, like, we all need to use this. We think this, this is the feature set that would be most useful to you. Uh, and then we would start small and we would take what we learned and then we'd get smarter and we'd go, oh, you know what? Uh, Engineers really love this tool for reason A, and and salespeople reason B. So they got those different reasons. From them, they're getting the same level of leadership. They're they're getting the same support, but it's meta level, right? The the way it manifests is tailored to them, and that's that's kind of like those different little pieces of mozzarella there that are, you know, the the shavings. they're, They're individual. They're unique for those different subcultures um, if, if you're if, if if you leave this this podcast with anything and already i know you're leaving it's that you can absolutely create an analogy from literally anything. <laughs> any piece of food in the world no the the, the 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 this word iteration i think is so important organizations are 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 historically really nervous about not having it all right the first time <laughs> and well, and they screw it up. They and they screw it up. They do iterations the wrong way. They, hey, we want a pilot. Okay, that's great. And who amongst us, anybody listening here who sells software or has sold software or has bought it and been responsible for the software implementation knows by the time that pilot goes, it's, it's, uh, it's over budget. It's too late. The, the group has been chopped down. You don't have the right people in it. You don't have enough people in it. You don't get the usage. So it's like, the companies will say like we want a little bite size, but they won't make the right. They won't. They they're not willing to really embrace what that bite size means. I mean, uh, I, I don't want to go too far off the path here because I, I I do want to I do want to ask you another question about this bull transfer yeah. thing. But um, and, and you've touched on this, Jason. I mean, if 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 you're going to pay attention, like pay attention to what agile software developers do. Pay, pay attention to the agile methodology. Look at Scrum. Look at other methodologies that are used to iterate on technology. And you can apply that, by and large, to really any aspect of your operating cycle or your operating system, whether it's HR or change or pick your favorite. Seriously, you can iterate on it. You can deliver continuously. You can get people comfortable with the idea that it's, it's progress over perfection. 
we just wrote an ebook on this. Um, you can go to our website and download it. And we talk a little bit about how, how organizations de uh, deploy that methodology in solving all sorts of problems. So, sorry, well, side, sidekick. Not at all. I think it's, it, it, Charlie, it brings us back to the very first thing that I said when you asked me the question about what is it, what's the must have? It yeah. takes humanity. Yeah. And the, the, like rule number one of humanity is you make it safe for each other. Yeah. And that's exactly what we're talking about is making it safe, right? So if I take the time to tell you, if I take the time to show you that I've learned what matters to you, I'm making it safe because you know I care. And now if I create an iterative process, I've just made it safe to fail because yeah. the, 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 the impact of that failure is going to be small and the failure is it's expected. It's, it's part of a learning curve and we're all getting better together as opposed to like, you know, like failure and you're out kind of failure. Oh, so I, yeah. I don't think it's, I don't think it's a sidebar at all. I think it's exactly the kind of thing. I think, I think it's critical. How organizations make mistakes. It says more about that culture <laughs> than I think many yeah. things. Right. Um, so th this is kind of a good segue and this will kind of be the last little topic. Um, I want to make sure we keep it uh, the length of the podcast um, sure. in consumable bites here. But but what do let's take it kind of to the personal, the individual level for a second. What what do leaders kind of have to give up? And let's just focus. I mean, I know there's two sides to this, right? But let's 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 look at the give up piece. What do they have to give up in order to foster this bold transparency? Uh, almost everything, starting with their ego. Wow, uh, it's. It, it really requires um, the, so I look at it this way. If you're talking about change of any kind, the more things you have to police, the more things you have to police. Mm. So from a leadership perspective, you want to be really clear on your critical few and you want to stick to that. Mm. Uh, you know, we, I think we all know leaders who, have turned transformation efforts into um, opportunities to have uh, vice president level people approving uh, color palettes for new logos. Right, right. Not okay, right? No. Like, that requires a, a VP level decision. You need to fire everybody and start over, right? Right. So, uh, you know, so you, from a leadership perspective, you really have to, you have to figure out what's critically important and let go of everything else. Uh, you, you know, you, and the, the ego is, the ego is, wow, it's front and center with that. Like when you have change going on, you're going to have a lot, you need to celebrate a lot of victories, right? And you as a leader, you're going to be feeling out there, you're gonna be feeling left lost in space. You're going to want to get some of those accolades for yourself. Nope, you got to pass those to your team because mm. whatever you're feeling, they're feeling it 10 times more, you know? So, you know, you've got to say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to give credit to my team. I am going to take the hit when there is a problem. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, if you're going to have an iterative process, you can't expect perfect. Like you're going to have to let go of your own perfectionism and in need for security. Uh, so one of the things I like to say, Charlie, is as a leader, your job is to hold the stress for the team. Mm. I like so, that. Right. Like that's what you do. So what do you have to give up to do that? Well, nothing shy of any sort of sense of personal safety. Right? <laughs> like mm. you're holding the stress for an entire organization. Your ego is gone. Every, so you just need your own critical few. You're going to pay attention to that. You're going to get on your mantra. 
Uh, you are going to be, you're going to step into conflict. Conflict creates stress. It creates ambiguity. So if you're holding the stress, it means you need to clear ambiguity and stress for everybody else. So you have to proactively go out there and look for things that aren't maybe going right. And you've got to be the one who's, at, who's asking the hard question saying, is this right? Did you do that right? I don't think this is correct. And you need to stand there and let that person rail at you and be upset. And you go, hey, look, we're going to figure this out together. I don't know if it's going to be okay or not, but you know, maybe it was me, maybe it was you, but we have to work through this and get clarity. And, and you know, just think about what that takes. Like it, it, it means um, you, you literally have to give up your sense of personal safety. You're, you're constantly going to be putting yourself uh, in situations that feel dangerous. And the, 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 the equation here, which makes all of this so complicated, is that what you just described, you know, we, we, we started with this whole notion of, of, of humanity. And the, the behaviors that you just described are unfortunately, in, in, in our imperfect lives as human beings, not necessarily programmed in our DNA, man. I mean, like it's stuff that you got to work on. It doesn't, you know, it's, it, it, it doesn't have to be complicated and it doesn't have to be hard, but it takes work, right? It takes, mm -hmm. it takes uh, attention and intention uh, to make it happen. So uh, lots to think about here. Really, really powerful stuff. I, I, I appreciate your kind of lighting the fuse on some of this stuff for us. I wish we could talk longer. Um, if, if people out there want to connect with you and, and or follow you and learn more about what you're doing, how do they do that, Jason? Uh, JasonSiden.com. Uh, you can uh, start on Twitter, just at Seiden, S-E-I-D-E-N. Awesome. Um, and I can't thank you enough for, for being here. Guys listening, thanks for, for uh, paying attention and downloading. Um, share it with others. You can find us on Podbean and uh, iTunes and just the World Wide Web in general, certainly workxo.com. Uh, we'd love to talk to you about culture and how we measure it and how we analyze it and how we help organizations activate it, how we help them get intentional about it. I'm Charlie Judy signing off. Please pay attention because we'll have more of this stuff coming down the road soon. Thanks for being with us today, guys. Thanks, Jason. Thank you, Charlie. And that was the Culture Chat today. We'll have some highlights up on the blog soon. Find out more about WorkXO and how to map your workplace genome at workxo.com.